Hello! Hey, this is Zick and Wick, and we're here to talk about The Mandalorian Episode 2, which just dropped um, maybe like five hours ago. Uh, To begin, did did you know what time it was supposed to drop today? I thought it was supposed to be midnight. I don't know, but I didn't, midnight Eastern time, but I wasn't up to check. Did you check on it? I was checking, yeah. I am... I expected it to drop at um, either midnight Eastern or the similar time to it was on Tuesday, so like 5 a.m. Right. Um, but on Twitter, the, the Twitter account for Disney Plus said it dropped at 12.30, which was unusual, 12.30 Pacific time. Oh, really? So, huh. Yeah, I don't know if that was just a little goof or what. But um, I'm hoping these are more. There's a more regular time for these drops because um, want to try and watch the episode as soon as it comes out, and and um, maybe people will be prepared to to watch it right away. But maybe most people are not like us. Yeah. So did you uh, did you stay up late to watch it, or did you get up early and watch it? Well, okay. So I was already at the movies at 10 p.m. And that movie went on until 12.30. So when I got home, I came home and, and I checked and I saw it was 30 minutes, which is another talking point. And yep. uh, I watched it right then. Okay. So you I had some time to sit on it and digest a little bit. A full four hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally finished it 10 minutes ago. So that's how much digestion time I've had. Yeah, I was pretty excited to see that it was 30 minutes long. Um, it was actually 27 minutes without any credits. Uh, see, I was the opposite. I, I'm I'm hoping for a little more. I'm hoping for something more in the 45. I don't need an hour episode, but something that's kind of equivalent to if it was an hour on standard TV, cutting out all the commercial times. I think uh, 30, 30 minutes is a little short for my taste. Okay, well, I have lots of thoughts on this episode. Let's do a quick Plot summary, I'll try and get through it quickly. All right, so we're on a desert planet. Don't know where exactly we are. Uh, turns out it's the same place where we left off from last episode. And the Mandalorian is walking down a cavern with Baby Yoda, which I have uh, redubbed, renamed as Boda. Uh, he's got a little floaty crib, which is very cool. They run into some bad guys with the crazy face. Do you know what those guys are called? Uh, those are Transdotions, if I remember correctly. Okay, Transdotions, that's what that's what they're called. Kills those guys off, and we're good. One thing I noticed, it's like, uh, are we dealing with a, a Yoda puppet, or purely CGI? Because there's oh, this, I didn't know. I think it was a mix of both, but I think it's mainly, um, I think it's mainly practical puppet. Um, I think there were a few scenes where it was floating um, in the in the carrier where they used it a little more CGI, but I think they reserved that for when it's more far off in the distance. But I think everything close up was um, was a little baby puppet. Huh. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, our Mandalorian friend he gets injured and he starts to uh, I guess treat himself, and Baby Yoda is reaching out to him. Does it a couple times? Is he trying to heal? The Mandalorian, something yeah. to come back yeah. to. That was my best guess, just because I mean there are Jedi that have a, I mean one of their one of their abilities is to heal others, and so I'm thinking that's what he's trying to do, and the Mandalorian just won't let him. 
Okay, I was wondering about that. I don't think the Mandalorian realizes that our friend here is a Force user. And I just, so you know, I am ready to buy Baby Yoda toys whenever they drop. Yeah, that's uh, going <laughs> to be a pretty, so well. pretty big seller. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then we run into our uh, the Jawas, which seem to be on all the desert planets, ready to steal all of our stuff. I don't know how I feel about Jawas, but... They were the main uh, bad guys of the episode. Okay, the Yoda crib, I didn't actually understand how it operated. Like, it wasn't just following well, the Mandalorian. It turns out he's got a little thing on his wrist I guess he's controlling it with. Yeah, I think he has a program to follow him, but also he can he can manually override it and self-control it. It's, that was kind of the, that was what I was guessing was happening. Okay, well, it, it made sense later on, but I was wondering in the moment. Our Mandalorian gets into a little bit of a fight. There's a set piece where he fights the Jawas. Uh, He falls off the the moving fortress, and the moving fortress takes off. Um, The Jawas have stolen the majority of the parts of his of his of his ship, and he needs it to get back to wherever he needs to go to drop off Baby Yoda. One thing I notice is that I'm waiting for them to show. The Mandalorian with his helmet off. So I, I mean, I'm wondering, does this guy have some sort of disfigurement, or is he just that they never take their helmets off? Um, so in past material, like uh, I'm mainly going with Clone Wars and Rebels, um, they have their helmets off all the time. Um, I'm almost thinking that they. This is just a total guess, but I, if you go back to the scene in the first. Um, in the first episode where all the Mandalorians are in the sewer area, they all have their helmets on. None of them have their helmets off. I'm wondering if they um, feel after whatever purge happened, they feel like they lost their way a little bit and they're using, they've kind of regrouped and said, Hey, we're not letting anybody see our weakness or anything like that. And this is just our, this is our new directive is we never reveal our, reveal our face. Um, It's kind of, that was my guess. That was my feeling after the, these, this episode or two. But who knows? I mean, there's a few episodes left to figure out what the deal is. Yeah, I, uh, I'm hoping that there's a big reveal whenever they take off the helmet, because otherwise I don't think it's necessary. And uh, one thing that, you know, in, in most TV shows and film, whenever there's a mask, it, you know, the mask reveals a lot of your facial expressions. So it makes the... The performance a little bit more dull. Um, I mean, it's a well-known thing in Hollywood, so I'm surprised that we haven't seen the helmet taken off. Otherwise, I'm expecting it's intentional, and we're going to see something whenever he takes off his helmet. I, I bet they're leaving that for a season finale or something like that. That's just kind of how I feel. But on on a little side note, I really do like how I feel like Pedro Pascal's voice fits the character very well. Like he doesn't seem it just that just seems exactly what his voice should sound like. It doesn't. It never feels off or wrong to me. It feels pretty much perfect. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, the the Mandalorian catches up with our our pink face, our pink multi face guy, and uh, he agrees to help him take him to the Jawas. They meet up with the Jawas. And the Jawas want to trade for the ship parts. Um, they will not 
you know, the Mandalorian does not want to trade the Baby Yoda for a ship. That's not not cool. Um, I forget what the other tra- uh, potential horse to be traded was, but they agree um, to go find an egg, a suka, a suka suka suka, um, <laughs> to 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 get the parts. Which um, okay, we didn't. Know. I thought this egg had some sort of special powers. Um, and it turns out it's just an egg, nothing special about it, but it's the egg of a giant hairy rhino. We have a little set piece where the Mandalorian fights the rhino, um, and the rhino almost kills the Mandalorian, but our friend Boda has some force powers that can help him out, and Boda kind of force holds him in suspended air um which i mean that, that thing does not look light it looks very very heavy so um i don't know about you but i don't recall any force users being this strong uh at this early in age well i mean that early in age but he is 50 years old so it's not that's true he's young but he's been around for a little while so He's, okay, so it's not exactly apples to apples. Yeah, it's yeah, it is a little tough. So yeah, if you compare him to any other fifty-year-old Jedi, there's other fifty-year-old Jedi that can do that, no problem. So, but yeah, I, I think it's it's got to deal with the species. That species is just super force sensitive, and that's just it's it seems like that's pretty obvious at this point. So, Baby Yoda helps out our friend. The Mandalorian finally kills the giant rhino with a little knife which i found a little strange yeah yeah i didn't yeah i was a little uh, that was one of the parts of the episode like yeah you could at least you could at least had a sword or something else that made it a little more believable suspension of disbelief uh went out the window for a few seconds there yeah that's fine um i can tell that this show is really i thought it was going to be darker more uh, adult i think we're really getting a true Star Wars across the spectrum type show with a lot of appeal towards kids. The violence in the show, there's no blood. They disintegrate the bad guys and there's no cursing so far, no nudity and the themes are not too dark. So I think we're getting something that's across the board for all audiences. Yeah, and actually, the one thing you just said about the disintegrating, I really like that they kind of revealed how powerful his rifle really is in this episode. I mean, it's basically it's a one shot kill with this with that uh, with that rifle, which is but it takes it takes up it's almost like uh, playing Call of Duty and you got the you got a, just a one reload sniper rifle, but if you hit them, they're dead. So is that something you knew before that he had a very powerful rifle? No, we did, this is the first time I've seen anything like this in, in Star Wars, um, okay. where it's just it's kind of like a sniper rifle, a blaster sniper rifle. Okay, I was wondering if that was a callback to... No, nothing like, nothing like that. Um, and then one real other thing before you that you, you touched on with uh, the baby Yoda using his uh, force abilities, I, you probably noticed the, the score, the, the music is very... It's not different, but it's not. There's no classical Star Wars themes that I've heard yet. When he was using the Force, you have to listen to it really closely, but they did use a little bit of uh, tr- like throwback Star Wars theme in there. 
Um, I, it was just like a couple little notes in there. It was almost like what they did in Rogue One a little bit. Um, I thought that was really. I thought that was a good time to use it. I thought it was. It was a fun little Easter egg there. I did not notice. Yeah, it's just a couple notes in that. It's almost. It's not even a. It's not even a whole bar or a whole like. Uh, it's really just a couple notes that made me. Oh, okay. They're they're using a little little bit of it. Letting you know that Yoda, our Yoda baby, is special. Yes. Okay, uh, so we get the egg, and in the, they bring it back to the Jawas. They crack it open, and it is full of yolk. It looks like nacho cheese. So these guys must really love their, uh, I don't know the name of the species, but the egg of this rhino. Yep, that's all it was. It's just a yummy, yummy, gooey treat for these guys. Yep, yeah. <laughs> um, a Cadbury egg for some Jawas. That's right. Uh, so the, basically at the end, we, we, we have a little montage where we put back together the ship and uh, the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda depart from Nick Nolte, and that is the end of the episode. So g- general thoughts, good, bad, interesting on the episode on, from, from your perspective? I thought it was good. Um, I think I, I think the um, the tone of it stayed the same throughout. Where the first episode kind of went from dark to light, um, so the tone was consistent throughout. Um, I thought I thought it was good. It uh, it's still we're still kind of working on character development. We're still the plot's moving along slowly. But the whole plot of this episode was we got to figure out how to get off this planet so, so we can go collect our collect the bounty on baby Yoda, which we don't know if he's going to collect. He seems like he's starting to bond with baby Yoda. So who knows if he's actually going to go collect the bounty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be one of the main questions for our characters is, is the Mandalorian actually going to turn back in Yoda? Um, because the, the folks that put the bounty, they don't seem like nice guys, especially if we're associating them with the empire from, before the, there were some folks dressed up in stormtrooper gear. Um, with did you catch the name of the character? Oh, Warner Herzog's character. Um, yeah, I can't remember it off the top of my head. They say it real, real briefly, but I don't remember. Okay, well, I'll have to look that up later. But he, from what I'm, I'm picking up, he's probably not the most savory of um, of individuals. He's probably a bad man. From my perspective, I I thought this episode was was fun and light. However, it did drag, and I felt like we needed to get moving on the plot. I did not want us to get stuck on a planet this early on in the in the story. So I was hoping that we'd be moving along. Um, you know, the show episode was only thirty minutes long. If it were any longer, I probably would have been frustrated. Um, but you know. I think we have a lot of folks that we're going to be meeting in the next few episodes. I'm surprised that this happened so soon. I thought we'd be meeting more of our cast at this point, but yeah, that's just yeah. me being critical. Yeah, we haven't met any. I, we know that uh, what's his name, Giancarlo Esposito. Like, I'm probably getting his name wrong. The guy who plays Gus in uh, Breaking Bad. We know he's a main character. Uh, we know the the chick from uh, Deadpool, the MMA fighter. Um, she's a main character. We haven't met either one of them yet, so we've only got six episodes left. So 
Yeah, it is yeah. interesting that we're really it's really just the Mandalorian and Nick Nolte at this point. Yeah, and I don't think we'll see Nick Nolte again. Um, and I'm I thought that we would be seeing a re- revival of our of our droid friend, our Taika droid friend. So uh, maybe that's not going to happen. I, or, I my guess is he's he's directing the um, season finale. I bet he shows up in the season finale and he's the main uh, the main antagonist in that episode. You think he's a bad guy? You think Tiger's going to be a bad guy? Well, he's going to be a bad guy after the Mando killed him. Okay, okay. It's just just a guess. Okay. All right, so let's see. Any other thoughts on the episode? I think we have um, covered a lot of it during the rundown of the episode. Uh, is, is Yoda, this Boda, the strongest Force-sensitive user or Force user ever? Uh, I think it's up for debate, but it is, I mean, he's still a child, but I guess he's been using his powers for potentially 50 years. Um, This one, uh, they still went, they they still went heavy on the Easter eggs and just the callbacks. Obviously, obviously we got the Jawas. Um, There was definitely the Indiana Jones um, callback when he's hanging on the side of the crawler and almost gets, uh, almost gets decapitated by the rock. Um, I did not notice that. I, it, I I figured that was something that happened in a lot of movies, but specifically going back to Indiana Jones, I didn't think about that. I think it, that's the first one that I remember in it. Uh, they do it, I mean, the most recently recent one is they do it in Solo with um, Chewbacca hanging off the side of the the, the mag train thing. Um, so it's, huh. I mean, it feels like it fits right in. It's a, it's a Lucasfilm trope at this point, so you got to throw it in at least once a season, it feels like. Um, I already touched on the rifle. I really like the rifle. I like that it's got multi-purpose, that it can uh, electrocute people, but also vaporize guys in one shot. Uh, one thing I have noticed that has been a little inconsistent, um, in the first few, in the first episodes one through three, and I think in episode six also, they establish the sound of a Mandalorian's blaster. It's a very different sounding blaster um, than just a normal pew, pew, pew. Um, it's, got, it's got a very distinct sound effect to it. I, feel, I think they did it once or twice in the first episode, but this one, when he shot his blaster, was more the traditional sound. I really like the, the Mandalorian blaster sound. I want them to get consistent with that. So that was just a, a little nitpicky thing for me. Um, yeah, I think that's all the. I mean, there was that was really the big Easter eggs for me that I found. Okay, yeah, I didn't really notice anything else. Um, I thought they were cool. Uh, however, yeah, like like I said before, I'm hoping that the plot moves along a little bit more quickly and we get into the the meat of the story soon. All right. So any any predictions, theories that we haven't discussed so far? I think we touched on Boda being a Strong Force user, um, the potential for the Mandalorian not to actually give Yoda back in to trade for the the bounty. Um, you know, we've got other bad guys, or well, we don't know if they're bad guys. We have other characters to meet. And I'm very very curious about their role in this story. Any other theories that you might want to come up with, or that you have in your your mind? I'm I'm having a strong leaning towards he's not going to turn in Baby Yoda just because I think that's how um, uh, Gus Gus's character or Giancarlo's character gets introduced. Um, 
in the episode is he decides not to turn him in. He goes on the run. I mean, you can see from the flashback, I don't think this is, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's a good guy. And I think he realizes there's something special about this little guy and he doesn't want to turn him into ex Imperials. So I, that's yeah. kind of my feeling is what's going to happen. Yeah. Based on his backstory where he, he, did you notice he's not actually Mandalorian? He was kind of adopted by the Mandalorians. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still debating on that. I'm not sure if he is, if he is really Mandalorian or he's not that flashback, you don't know if that's because like I was saying on in the original, they, they don't all wear helmets. They, I mean, they're just their own people kind of when they show them on their planet Mandalore, they're just their These people going about their daily business. Um, so that could, that could have easily been Mandalore when that attack was happening. Um, but we, so, but there is a chance that, that he, he isn't. And he was just found by the Mandalorians and adopted into them and their culture. Yeah, well, I guess it remains to be seen, but regardless, he was uh, saved, whether or not he was a Mandalorian, uh, as a child and adopted. Um, and I think he's going to draw parallels to this little this little Boda guy and say, you know what, I was adopted, I was taken care of by these folks, maybe I should be doing the same thing for this Boda. Yep, especially if he's going to save my life using the Force. Yes, yes. Um, okay, and, and that's the episode. This has been Zick and Wick. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining us.